0: Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. I'm so excited for my guest today. Willow Merritt from Yeti Chocolates. Oh my gosh, a uh, big role model of mine. I've seen her just crush life outside of fire, and I just want to—I want to get her on the podcast to tell her story of that transition, that—that that one second that you jumped from fire to your own business, and and uh, just introduce yourself, Willow, and and uh, tell us your story a little bit.
1: All right. Well, uh, good afternoon. My name is Willow Merritt, and I'm a former wildland firefighter turned, uh, chocolatier, which I mean, I kind of got into chocolatiering or wildland firefighting back into it because of chocolatiering, because it allowed me to fight fire in the summer and make chocolates in the winter. So, um, I kind of did that for about 10 years. And then, um, it was always my passion chocolates have always been my passion and so it's been one of those things that I've been on the fence about leaving wildland fire and going into chocolate making um, full time but there's always been kind of barriers it's like having everything kind of line up perfectly and changing focus for a while I wanted to start my own brick and mortar and then I realized that the financial investment was just more than I really wanted to take on and so um, the opportunity kind of presented itself in 2017. I did two fire seasons back to back. I went and worked in Asheville on the hotshot crew down there for the winter, and then I came back and worked in the Tetons and got the financial stability to um, feel like I could make the leap. And then the other part was just finding the space that I work out of now, and it just kind of all fell into place and lined up and. So I got done at the end of the 2017 season and just decided to take the leap. And so I resigned in 2018 and uh, Yeti Chocolates was officially established in late January of 2018. And it's been going strong ever since.
0: Yeah, I'm just so blown away by your, your tr- like transition because it was like, I remember one time at the bunkhouse, you brought out these like chocolate cover kicks, you know, and everybody was just amazed. Like, what? You're doing chocolates? Like, I had no idea. And then to see you, like your presence on Instagram and Facebook and like Yeti Chocolates is is huge. Like you're doing amazing and it's just so inspiring because I think there's so many people within the agencies, um, all of them that are in Wildland Fire that look at that and say like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could just leave. I wish I could change my life. Cause it, you know, for me, like five, seven years in Wildland Fire is awesome. Like hell yeah. But maybe that ten year mark, people start to get burned out, start kind of get grinding down and and then a lot of people get stuck. You know, it's that permanent, it's that permanent carrot that's always there. Like, oh, I got this permanent job. But really most people just wanna jump. And it's so inspiring to meet somebody um or to see somebody that i know personally do it and be super successful so thank you for that
1: yeah for sure
0: and uh i'm curious on like what was that exact moment of jumping for you like what was that like like was it stressful was it was there like a little like anxious was it what was that moment of like okay i'm gonna resign like you're walking into the office like i'm resigning today
1: uh, so it was kind of funny cause I, I ended up doing it over the phone. Like I, um, you know, I worked in the Tetons in the summer and then I lived in Washington in the winter time. And so I was at home and, um, yeah, I mean, it was it the, the whole host of emotions. I mean, it's, it's a very terrifying feeling going from like having a steady paycheck to being like. I don't know when I'm going to have a paycheck next or if I'm going to have a paycheck. And, you know, then there's that, I know for a lot of people the biggest hurdle is the fact that health insurance is tied to your employment. And so, you know, you're giving that up going on your own. And so, yeah, there's a lot of factors on for me personally, you know, I didn't have dependents. It was just me. Um, So I felt like I could take that leap and then just having the AD, um, life on the side as a backup, because I knew that I wouldn't be able to, um, really make a salary and pay myself to start, you know, they say it takes about a few years before you can really start paying yourself. But I mean, it was, it was, it was terrifying. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's terrifying to say, I'm going to leave something that's comfortable and stable to something that's just super unpredictable. But, um, it was funny. I was in the process of, you know, calling my old boss and Telling him that I was going to resign, and I wrote up the letter. And then he ended up calling me to check in and see how things were going because I was very upfront that I was thinking about leaving when I left in the fall. And so um, he had just by chance called me about, you know, at, at the same time that I was thinking of calling him. So it was just very, I guess, serendipitous that he called, and I just was like, Jim. It's you know it's time I have to put in my letter of resignation uh has you know and it had nothing to do with them. It had nothing to do with the job. I loved my job, I loved the crew um I loved working in fire, but you know you do start to get a little bit jaded and you start to get burnt out and it just I needed a change. And, uh, and there are so many people that I know that are just like, they feel stuck because they feel like because of the benefits, because of, you know, they have nothing else that they feel like they can do, or they just don't know where to start. They just stay forever. And we, you know, we just feel like you're a lifer. And I just, I didn't want to look back in 20 years and go, I wonder if I could do this, you know, or could I have done it? I wanted to be like, okay, I did it. I have three years to see whether this is going to work or not um, with rehire rights, and then if it doesn't work, at least I gave it a shot. But if it does work, then I'm living the dream. And so, yeah, that's basically kind of how it went.
0: That's so awesome. And and you know, I just left last week, and it was kind of the same thing of like okay, I got to walk in there and to keep a straight face and I'm resigning right now, you know, and it wasn't, didn't go down like that. It was very peaceful and nice and, and comfortable, but it was like, I had to really, um, take charge of that moment. And it's so interesting because this summer, my roommate, um, you know, I was on a detail my roommate told me like, you know, we we're talking for a couple hours. I was like, you know, I've been waffling on this for like probably three or four years. And he's like, man, I don't know that's a good job to be waffling. And I was like, that really struck me this summer. I was like, oh yeah, I shouldn't be like, you should not be in the wildland fire environment. If you're kind of waffling off the, if you want to be there or not. And it was just like, that was it. That was like, I'm out, man. Like as much as I love fire and I love the brotherhood and sisterhood. And like, I love the environment. It's just time. Like you said, my passion is different now. I'm, I'm healing people. I'm helping them mentally and emotionally now. And it's just so fulfilling to, have that business that can sustain you it's just like i jumped and i did it like i actually jumped and did it and so it's like i love your story it's so it's so compelling that you know all the wildland firefighters out there listening it's like you can if you think you want to jump make a plan strategize you can do it
1: totally i totally agree i mean i think that uh i kind of feel like You only have one life and you spend most of your time working, so you might, I mean, and it's funny because I've had people say, like, you should never go into um, business doing something you're passionate about, and I totally 100% disagree. I think that you, you spend so much of your life working, you should really, really enjoy what you're doing. And That's what, you know, like I tell people all the time, I have not regretted my decision to resign for a moment. Like I love going to work every day. And it's funny because I just did an interview last weekend and they asked like, what's been the most difficult thing about um, running your own business? And it's like, or what didn't you expect? And it's like, that it's this hard like running your own business is so hard I mean I won't I won't uh sugarcoat it it's very difficult because you're you're you know when you're just getting started I don't have employees so everything with the business is me you know I'm the chocolatier I'm the marketer I'm the salesperson I'm the shipper I'm the you know tax prep I mean I I um I have somebody do my taxes, but that's about it, you know, and then I have friends that come help me here and there. But um, but for the most part, like, it's, it's all me, and so it's super, super hard, but at the same time, I wouldn't change it for a second. Like, I love what I do. I love going to work every day. I love making chocolate, and I love seeing the joy that I get you know, bring to people every day with something that I create with my hands, like it's so satisfying. It's so fulfilling. And so I think that, you know, everybody out there that's just on the fence, like they have an idea, but they just are scared or are on the fence, don't know whether it'll work or not. Like you just got to go for it because it's not worth being in a job that you're starting to slowly get jaded or like find less fulfillment in.
0: Yeah, so true. And, and oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, it's like that moment of passion. Like for me, I guess like Friday evening, I'm getting off work and I love, like, I love my work. I love what I'm doing, but it's kind of like Friday night. I'm like, there's a pinch of me. That's like, ah, I wish it was Monday morning right now. Cause I'm so enthralled with what I'm doing now. Like it's like running your own business is amazing. And I, and I a hundred percent agree with you. It's like, my business is mostly services like i put out a lot of content like writing but i'm not making something with my hands necessarily and so i can't even imagine like everything that i do from the advertising to the copywriting to the website like everything that i have going on it's like it's on me and it's so hard i totally agree and i can't even imagine the next level of having a product that you're making like that is so amazing that you're doing that all by yourself like Oh my gosh, that's that's just a whole nother level and it's so inspiring to hear somebody that's just doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. I have a, I have a whole bunch of people. You know, they weren't in fire, but you know, they they're starting their own business, and so it's nice to have this community of folks that are, you know, entrepreneurs just trying to make it work in this valley. And um, you know, everybody has a, a story, and it's super inspiring to see people just like you know, uh, trying to make a living off of, you know, their craft and, um, they're all very inspiring. I, I find anybody who, you know, has the gumption and the grit to start their own business, like kudos. Cause you know, it's, it's super fulfilling, even if it is incredibly difficult at times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Entrepreneurship is just, you know, for me, I was like, well, I don't have a website. I guess I'll build one. Like, I have no idea anything about a website or about advertising or like, oh my gosh, there's so much to owning your business that it's like, for me, it's like, you're going to school, but you're earning money while you're doing it, hopefully. Right. (laughs) And, um, And it's just like every day I'm learning something new. That's like, And, and someday, you know, right now is not the time, but in the future, I really want to hire people to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. Like the, you know, all the technical computer stuff is like, man, I just want to go out there and do breakthrough sessions with people. All this stuff is really hard, but it is so worth it. It's so fulfilling. And so I still love doing it. And, uh, you know, I really want to, I want to turn a little bit and focus on like the chocolates and like where you're located and like, what exactly is Yeti chocolates?
1: Sure. Okay. So, um, I'm currently located, I mean, I'll say my business is located in Rock Island, Washington, but most people don't know where that is. So I'm located, I live in Wenatchee, so North Central Washington. And, um, Yeti chocolates it was an idea i came up with um actually in 2006 so there's no association with yeti coolers it just happens to be a coincidence um yeah. a lot of people ask how i got my name and it's essentially i was in college and i was taking a ceramics class and we had to do a shoe and something else and so i did a snowboarding boot with a yeti popping out the top and so when i was trying to come up with my name my partner at the time was like you should come up with something mythical like cracking chocolates and I thought of that sculpture which I still own um and so I was like it's Yeti so that's kind of how the name came about but essentially um what I like to say to people about Yeti chocolates is I make edible art so I make um visually stunning chocolate pieces that taste as good as they look I work really hard to make um really uh pat like chocolate's packed with a lot of flavor. Um, I want people to know exactly what they're eating when they try it. And I try to make the outside correspond with what's inside. So I make a lime chocolate. And so it's this lime green outside. And then it's like, it makes you pucker. It's got this like punchy limey flavor. And so, um, I try to use as many organically, um, you know, sourced ingredients. I'm working with a lot of local people, Um, To use a lot of local ingredients, um, which has been really awesome to, you know, make that transition um, because that's super important to me. My chocolates have no preservatives in them, so they have a shorter shelf life, but I think it creates a far superior product. Um, And they're seasonally offered, so every three months the menu changes. And then I offer some specialty pieces in the holiday season, Valentine's Day, and then um, I like to play around with different new flavors so um so some like mother's day i offered some new flavors that i just kind of developed and i'll develop a flavor and i have the subscription service that i do now so you can get chocolates delivered to your door every month and so i usually if i'm making like test batching something new um those subscribers get those pieces and i don't sell them to the public it's just like a little extra incentive to be signed up with the subscription service so But um, yeah, I mean, it's just Yeti chocolates is, uh, it's just artisan chocolates, small batch um, and uh, visually stunning.
0: Yeah. And and I've personally ordered your chocolates before because I was so interested and I was like blown away. The ingredients are off the charts, perfect of everything's organic, local, um, the taste was amazing, and the like you said exactly. They're so beautiful. It's like you really are a chocolatier. It's not just a chocolate like this is edible art. I love that. I love that the way you describe that. And um, for anybody listening, like you got to go check out Yeti Chocolates because it's so um, like it's it's just the best chocolates I think I've ever had, honestly. And <laughs> and uh, what's so cool is is that you're also shipping online, so it's not like you have to be in Wenatchee to find this. Um, you can order online, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So that was the one thing that, you know, with with everything that's going on right now, it was pretty easy for me to pivot because um, I, you know, you were talking earlier about like, I don't have a website, I need to build a website. And that was, you know, for me, that was the starting point. Like I started building my website right away because of the fact that I've bounced around, like I've been making chocolates for 14 years now. Um, And so I've bounced around from place to place with my fire career, and so I've had people try my stuff along the way. So I've kind of started already like building a following, and so I wanted people to be able to purchase my chocolates um, even if they didn't live in the area. So, um, so I had the website already built. It, you know, it was just kind of like I get an order here and there, and then once the pandemic really got into full swing. All of my retail um, sales just pretty much dropped off. All my wholesale just went to zero pretty much. But my online sales just like went through the roof. And, you know, I tried to um, make incentives, like I'm doing a pay it forward rewards program right now. So if you send chocolates to somebody else, you get $5 off and your next order. And I would, you know, I did a free delivery within this area for, you know, like my loyal customers so that they could still get chocolates, but not have to expose themselves. And, um, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, anywhere within the United States, I'm of hopefully eventually maybe gonna expand to like Canada, um, but it's international shipping gets a lot more complicated.
0: Right, right. Oh, that's so awesome, and and I can't wait to order some chocolates. Like I really want some right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, holiday pre-orders are happening right now. That's something I added this year, um, just because I don't know how much. Like I like I I just with everything going on, I don't know how much uh, direct sales I'm going to have this year. And so I'm just trying to give people the opportunity to order ahead if they want to get um, their holiday chocolates. Cause this is, this is the trickiest time of year for me because, you know, like I said earlier, I don't use preservatives. So my chocolates have a shorter shelf life. There's so many people that are like, I want to do all my holiday shopping right now. Um, and I i don't offer my chocolates for the holidays until basically the end of november and so i'm just trying to give people the opportunity to order ahead um and then i'll ship them once they're ready to go so oh
0: that's that's brilliant that's so awesome and and just the fact that your chocolates have a shelf life like that's that's so different from you know we go to the grocery store or whole foods or whatever and it's like that chocolate's been there for months and months like this is the real deal
1: Right? It's funny. It's funny how many people struggle with that. I have a, a client um, who's uh, like their employee who kind of runs their, I have this winery, they run their tasting room. And every time I bring the chocolates, she's like, So how long do we have? And I tell her, and she's like, Well, we'll see. And it's like, Well, I, I don't really know what to tell you. The, these aren't, you know, like I, I would rather have chocolates that expire. I mean, you can eat them longer. I've had people like, you know, Bill Mo, I had, <laughs> he got some chocolates from Mary and he waited like four or five months. And I talked to him and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I still have those. I should eat them. And I was like, Bill Mo, no, please don't eat them. And he did. And they were fine. But, you know, like, I would prefer you not to wait four or five months before you eat them.
0: And so how long do the chocolates last?
1: Uh, so it depends. Like the the cream uh, ganache truffles that I make have about a five-week shelf life butter ganache you've got about a month or a week or two later than the cream ganache and then like caramels and the peanut butter and almond butter cups you have more like three to six months so and then like I do marshmallows and I give them about a three month and then you've got like my chocolate bars chocolate bars um I do about eight months to a year Cause I mean, there's nothing really, I mean, I have this except for a couple, like I do a bacon chocolate bar and I only give it a couple months just because of the bacon starts to get the Millard browning. That's, uh, just undesirable after a while, it just doesn't look very good. And then, um, I do a ginger, so I make my own candy ginger and then I sprinkle it on the back of the chocolate bar and the ginger starts to get pretty hard after a while. So I only give it a couple months, but um so yeah it kind of varies but five weeks is about um the length of shelf life for them which is funny because there's a lot of people who are like oh that's a long time but there's chocolates out there that you know like you can you can add certain preservatives that'll give it like a shelf life of over a year but I I just don't think that they taste as good
0: Right. And I don't know how anybody holds on a chocolate for five weeks. Like mine's gone in five minutes, probably like I'm, I'm such a chocolate addict that it's, it's, um, to me, it's almost as it's, it's powerful. Like it changes your whole mood. It changes like the whole experience. Like, like you're saying, having a wine tasting with chocolate, I can see how that changes the whole atmosphere of the room. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wine and chocolate tastings are super fun. Um, I like to do, I'll do some like small friend tasting parties sometimes and it's a lot of fun, you know, just get your glass of wine and um, your chocolates. I did an event this summer in Quincy with a new winery that I'm working with and um, it was super fun just to see people's reactions and how, you know, I just, I left it up to the winemakers um, to pair, you know for them to try the chocolates with the wines, because at the end of the day, I wanted them to be happy with like, it's not necessarily my preference on which chocolates go with which wines. They're, it's their wine. I want their choc you know, the chocolate to pair well with the wine. And so, but it was really fun to watch people, you know, try the wine and the chocolate together and just the reactions and everybody had a really great time. So it's, it's super fun. I do, it's, it's hard because, you know, there's, there's all these people that say like, you know, you're going to have to transition out of making chocolates and being the face of the business. And I don't want to do that. You know, I didn't go into business because I um, wanted to run a company. I went into business because I love making chocolates. So, but I do, I do enjoy doing events. It's really fun. The interaction, I love to share my passion, but at the end of the day, like I don't, I don't ever want to leave the kitchen. Like that's, that's not, um, I feel like if I get to that point, then maybe I need to figure out what to do with my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can feel that too. Because I think if I was ever in a position like, oh, you shouldn't be doing breakthrough sessions. You should be with all the company stuff. It's like, no way. That's what I want to be doing is is being with the people. And, and, uh, oh, I, I can totally tell, like, I, I agree with you so much in my own business. And, and uh i'm curious i'm like how did this start with chocolate how did you get started making it like where did you learn like where like obviously you're like you're obsessed with chocolate i'm just gonna assume that right (laughs) and like where did that start where did that happen like tell us that journey
1: sure sure so um I've always been kind of interested in chocolate. Uh, My mom was a really good baker, and she used to make um, Christmas cookies and almond roca. And she used to do these, like, townhouse crackers with peanut butter, and then she'd dip them in almond bark, um, which is, like, this, like, low-quality chocolate coating that you can get. Um, You don't have to temper it, which is a whole nother discussion. Um, But anyways, uh, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's just this easy chocolate dipping um, uh, coating for, you know, the home confectioner. And so we used to do stuff together when I was a kid. So I kind of had my inspiration from my mom and then I went to college. And when I was in college, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, and so I just decided that I really loved baking and I loved working with my hands and I loved, you know, bringing people joy with things that I made. And so I was like, I think that I need to go to culinary school. And so i actually got into fire back in college that's where i got the introduction into wildland fire because um i was a, we had a program where i was back home where you could fight fire in the summer and then if you had good grades in college you could take your you know get your job back every summer and so i did that for the first three years of college and then i left And then I went and I worked as a cake decorator at Safeway. And um, so I did some cake decorating for a while. And then I went to culinary school and I got the foundation of what I do now. But um, what I do now was only a week's worth of class. So when I left, I worked in the restaurant industry for a while and hated it and just decided that chocolate was kind of where I wanted to, you know, shift my focus So when I made that decision, um, that was kind of when I decided to go back to fire because of the whole fire in the summer, chocolates in the winter. Um, and so that was kind of how that all came about. But a lot of how I got to where I am now with chocolates was just a lot of, um, trial and error reading a lot of books there was this you know the the one thing that i can say working in the restaurant industry i the one of my old bosses got me tuned into this forum called eagle it um and it's just like bunches of threads of people um in all sorts of culinary but there's a specific pastry and baking thread and so i just started scouring and reading all of those threads and learning from the people on there and um so yeah that's kind of how it all came about and you know i just i love chocolate just because it's challenging it's probably one of the most um finicky mediums you can ever work with because it's um it's sensitive to heat obviously it's sensitive to humidity um, but it's it's just super rewarding when you, you know, have a chocolate mold and you flip it over and the pieces just fall out and they're super shiny and they're you know, the flavors just perfect. It just kind of like is super rewarding and it's just the artistry that you can take with it is, you know, it's just you can be super creative with it and just how you decorate things, but also how with the flavors, the flavor combinations, and just coming up with new ideas. And um, yeah, it's just, it keeps me, I mean, the one thing that I have learned in my life is that um, I'm not, if I start doing the same thing over and over again, I like to say I start to stagnate and then I start hating what I do. I think that that's the reason why I enjoyed fire so much is for the most part, you don't stagnate. Like you're doing different things all the time. For the most part, And that's what I found exciting about that job, and that's what I find exciting about what I do now, is that there's always something different, Um, and that's why I do my Chocolates on a Rotating Schedule. It keeps me interested. It also keeps people coming back because things change you know so it's like oh I really love that flavor but oh she's got new stuff let's check this out and then it keeps people coming back too because it's like oh I really need to remember that this is when these chocolates are available because they're my favorite kind of thing so so yeah I mean that's basically kind of how the evolution of how I got to where I am
0: oh that's so awesome and and do you eat chocolate like every day because if it was me I would just be eating chocolate all day while I'm making it right
1: yeah. Um, so it's funny cause when I'm at the market, um, and people find out that I'm the chocolatier, uh, one of the first things that they say is, I don't know how you're not 500 pounds cause I'd be eating chocolate all the time. And you know, there's that old adage, you don't get high on your own supply. Um, well you don't, <laughs> you don't, uh, once you start trying to make a living off of something, you don't, uh, partake as much as, you probably would before. I mean, I do eat chocolate pretty much every day. I'll I'll snack on a, a little um, nibble of chocolate, and I always have to try to you know everything that I make just to make sure that it's good. Because there was one time I accidentally I make a cinnamon chipotle chocolate, and I accidentally um, added Thai chili instead of chipotle, and um, it was terrible. And I'm so glad that I got it because I had to throw out the whole batch. Um, Um, but you know, so there's just, sometimes you, those things happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm always trying things to make sure that they taste good and I, you know, I'll sample things here and there, but, um, I'm not 500 pounds, so I do, (laughs) I do not partake as much as, uh, maybe others might.
0: So, where do you source your chocolate? Like, where is the actual cocoa, or how you, however you want to describe it, because you're the chocolatier. Where does that come from?
1: So, the cacao. Um, so, I source the main type of chocolate that I use is. Um, so, there's, you know, there's different types of chocolate. There's the bean-to-bar manufacturers. I'm not one of those. Um, I'm a confectioner, so I get my chocolate already made for the most part um the company that i use the most is guitard um they are a family owned company they've been in business for 150 years they're based in the san francisco area and they are fair trade and forest alliance um partners and they kind of source their cacao from a whole bunch of different regions but um a lot of south america some african um some hawaiian um So it kind of varies, but I feel comfortable with the fact that, um, because they're fair trade, I am not as worried about the, um, issues that are coming about with, uh, West African child labor that, um, some of the other cacao companies have been starting to, you know, we've been starting to discover, um, the other, I just started using another brand of cacao and chocolate. Um, I'm collaborating with a, um, company in, um, that's based in Ecuador. I mean, the, the founder here, is here in the States, but she basically sources all of her cacao from Ecuador and Ecuadorian farmers. And, um, it's called... Connexion, and um, I'm using it for a apothecary here in town, making specialty bars for them. So, those are kind of the two big brands that I'm using right now. Um, and then I use some uh, Valrhona, which is a French company that's super well known. It's probably some of the most expensive chocolate that you can buy. Um, And if you're into chocolate, you should know that name pretty well. And then Cacao Berry um, is another brand that I kind of use as well. So different. And then, you know, that's the hard part is that a lot of the cacao, unless you're doing single origin stuff, a lot of it's blended. So, you know, the cacao comes from a lot of different regions, but um, mostly South American, I think, is where most of the cacao gets sourced.
0: That's awesome. And and where can people find Yeti chocolates and um how can they get a hold of you and all that?
1: Oh yeah. So um you can order online. So yetichocolates.com. If you are a local within North Central Washington, um there are quite a few businesses in Wenatchee, a couple wineries in Shalana Manson, um, Quincy, Leavenworth, um, I would say the easiest way would just be to go onto the website and if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a uh, link for where to buy. Actually, I think I moved it. I think it's at the top now. Um, So at the top, it says where to buy and it kind of gives you all the different places that the chocolates are available right now. But the easiest is to um, just go to YetiChocolates.com. You can also contact me directly. um, My email is info uh at com, and then um my phone number should I give my phone number uh maybe not yeah probably not but you can find it on the website (laughs) if you're really into uh trying to get a hold of me so and then I'm also as Tom mentioned on the socials. So, uh, my Instagram is at Yeti chocolates. And then I'm also on Facebook at, uh, facebook.com slash Yeti chocolates.
0: Nice. Awesome. Is there, is there any questions I didn't ask that you want to talk about? Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't yet?
1: Um, I don't, I mean, Not off the top of my head. I feel like we kind of covered everything. I mean, I guess the one thing that I would say is just, um, you know, going back to the whole fire thing, um, just some things that I, I personally, I don't know about you, Tom, but the things that kind of translate, you know, from fire to running your own business is just like the grit that you have to have. Um, I remember, uh, one of the guys I used to work with on Asheville called it miserable fun. Um, or some other friends of mine calling it embrace the suck, you know? So there's a lot of things that are like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this cause, um, it's part of your job. And so having that, um, in your toolbox makes doing things as a business owner a lot easier also just like working super long hours has translated really well because like so this is my busy season and um i like to call it my chocolate fire season um so i pretty much don't take a day off starting november 1st until christmas and um i work on average, at least 10 hours a day or more. So, um, so just having that, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like in fire really translate over to, um, running your own business. And just like, I haven't gotten to the whole employee thing yet, but you know, the delegation and, uh, leaders intent and, you know, just like, uh, you know, duty, integrity, respect, all those things I feel like are going to translate over really, really well when I get into that point where um, I start to hire employees because I'm on the cusp. I'm I'm experiencing growing pains right now, and I'm in the process of trying to purchase some larger production equipment to facilitate that growth so that, you know, I can actually hire somebody to kind of take over the sales and marketing side of the business But um, just having those things in the toolbox, really, you know, um, I really don't regret my fire career at all. And I feel like it's really helped me become a better entrepreneur. So that's the I guess the only other thing I thought about that may be helpful for others.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think for me, it's like, there's like I've been working so hard the last couple of years and then like covid hit like I had this whole system built up and covid hit and my business just had to change and so it's like your whole division just got burned over now what right you know and it's like we have that flexibility from being firefighters like okay well the environment changed and now we're going to adapt and we're going to overcome it that's easy it's just like put your head down and work and i think that that uh like you're right this this fire mentality translates so well to entrepreneurship. So everybody out there listening, it's like, you know, I think there's a lot of that. There's that attitude out there. Like, well, I'm just a firefighter. You know, I've heard that more than once for sure that it's like, well, we're just firefighters, you know, we're not good at math because we're firefighters. Like, no, you're like a very professional skilled human being that can take these skills and adapt them. Cause I feel like that's what we're the best at is like adapting to the situation and overcoming. That's what we do.
1: I totally agree. And, you know, it's really funny because I remember in the spring when, you know, COVID hit and at first, you know, everything was kind of locked down here in Washington and, you know, people were just like freaking out and um, like it was kind of chaotic and I was not feeling super stressed out about it. And it was kind of weird because I was like, why don't I feel more like apprehensive or stressed out or but I think that it it was it's just that whole like well here we are um there's really no need to panic I'm just going to figure out the best way to pivot and um adapt and overcome and you know just change focus and um you know um I wanted, there's a saying that, uh, I'm not going to say it cause it, is, <laughs> it has a cuss word in it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where you just kind of like, because we have the ability to work in such a diverse environment and fire and you, you have to, you know, like things change constantly. And so it's just kind of like, you just kind of roll with it. You just like, well, here we are, things are different and I'm, I'm not gonna freak out about this. Um, I'm just gonna figure out the best way to overcome the situation and move forward. And so, yeah, I think that you're right about that, about the whole COVID thing. So thanks for that, that all kind of came into place.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And thank you so much for coming on. And and uh, I'm feeling really complete. Do you have anything else before, um, before we um, end the show?
1: Uh, no, I just want to thank you, Tom, for allowing me to come on and, uh, kind of tell my story and I hopefully will, you know, inspire somebody else who's just kind of on the fence to be like, I can do this. And, you know, it, it is, it's, you know, a little bit scary, but it's totally worth it. So if you're, if you're thinking about making that transition, do it, just,
0: Here, just yeah, do just it. do it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, here's, here's what it came down for me. I was like, well, I've been waffling. I'm a waffle. There's only two good things that a waffle is good at. Right. And that's getting like out of the waffle maker or getting eaten. And I was like, well, shit, I think I'm gonna get out of the waffle maker. Cause I'm not getting eaten by a fire. Right.
1: It's totally. Exactly. Yeah. So.
0: Yep. That was me. And, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> um I love thank it. you.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And, um, you know, you're welcome anytime you want to do any promotions, anything with the podcast, you're always welcome. So um, I'm uh, glad you came on and, and we'll talk soon. And uh, to all the listeners out there, you got to go check out yetichocolates.com. And um, it's just another way for you to find your sacred ancestry through the chocolate.
1: <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate your time.